Hi, I'm Ryan Jennings, and this is a Kiwi Original. Today on the show, I'm joined by Sandra McCain from Plastercraft, New Zealand's largest producer of fibrous plaster products for the building industry. This interview takes place at their Auckland Manufacturing HQ, where they handcraft specialist fibre mouldings for projects such as Sylvia Park, the Langham Hotel, Auckland Art Gallery, and even the Supreme Court in Wellington. The first part of the interview, we're joined by Sean, who discusses the focus on quality and customer satisfaction that Plastercraft pursues. Then in the second part of the interview, Sandra shares a very personal story about having to run the business on her own this year. Sandra knows Plastercraft like no other and talks through the detail about the manufacturing process. If you're a renovator, this is one to listen to. If you're a commercial builder, there are some amazing customized solutions that Plastercraft can help with. Let's take a listen. Generally, we'll be looking in the um, in the public areas of the house. So, you know, your entrance, your living, your dining, you know, those sort of places. Um, you know, they're generally the areas that people want to make the, the best impression for the people that are coming through. Um, you know, next on the list would be your, your master bedroom and, you know, your subsequent um, bedrooms thereafter. And then we would roll into service rooms and things along those lines. Is it something that you can put outside as well? Generally not, although there are exterior grades of fibrous plaster. Uh, they'll be used for um, canopy suffetes and things along those lines. So it's not a product that you would want to have directly exposed to the weather. But, you know, if you can keep the weather off it, you know, it certainly uh, can be used in that, in that scenario. Um, historically, you know, a lot of the canopies in that running down Queen Street and, and things along those lines have been done in fibrous plaster. Um, but I guess where, you know, uh, you know, that can fail is if the maintenance is not carried out on the roofs of the canopies, they start leaking, then we have, you know, we have problems, so. And what are the, the design side of things? What are the, some of the, the designs that you can um, choose for your plaster work? I mean, fibrous plaster lends itself to, a, you know, a high level of, of architectural design. Um, you know, you'll see that from, you know, quite complex shapes that get formed in, in corbels um, right through to, you know, large um, curved barrel ceilings, you know, curved bulkheads, you know, things along those lines that are, um, are not easily or even, you know, possibly formed out of other products, you know, to be able to do it with a, a seamless, you know, sort of design. So, um you know, fibrous plaster is, is very good, you know, at, uh, at being able to form shapes and, and things along those lines. So you'll see that in your cornices, um, ceiling domes, ceiling centres, uh, you know, all that sort of side of things. So, And this can create quite an ornate look, can't it? I was looking on your, your website and some of the projects included the Langham Hotel, Auckland Art Gallery, uh, Auckland Museum, the Supreme Court in Wellington. So this gives it a really, um, really unique kind of traditional feel. Uh, is there are there other projects that you've been working on recently that you've been you know really proud to be part of? 
Ah, uh, lots, yeah. Um, Sylvia Park has been a, a, a big focus for us over the last 18 months, um, you know, where they've, uh, you know, they have had a, a focus on quality. Um, so a lot of void bulkheads and bulkheads running through the new upper level that they've put on. Um, you know, there again, it's, uh, you know, long runs of, of you know, a, a seamless bulkhead finish. Um, you know, and I think they've been very happy with what we've, you know, been able to deliver for them. Um, it, it, it'll handle a, a high level of, of lighting, so it tends not show imperfections as quickly, you know, under those sort of situations. So, um, you know, we've certainly been able to deliver on that front. Um, there's been a lot of high-end residential, you know, projects that we've worked on. Um, you know, that we can't, you know, we don't generally talk about uh, because of our, you know, our clients' sort of confidentiality. Um, but, you know, they are, you know, wonderful projects to work on where you're getting to, you know, deal with clients that have a, a you know, a really high uh, focus on, on quality. And, um, you know, you get to work with lots of great, you know, tradespeople right the way throughout and watch them create their stuff. So it's just brilliant to be part of that process. Um, you know, and the architects are of a good caliber and, and, and you know, everybody's doing things that they love. So it's a lot of fun. And those are the houses that you would probably expect to see on like a grand designs program where a lot of investment's gone into it looking a particular the way for the, for the owner. Occasionally, but generally not. Um, you know, we have, you know, I've worked with, with architects that have done projects on, on Grand Designs. Um, but I mean, you know, look, in all honesty, we'll, we'll go from one end to the other. You know, state houses were, were full of fibrous plaster back oh, when they? they built. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, that's when the government had a focus on, you know, on value over time. And they knew that, you know, we were building things and we were, you know, they were going to be here for a long period. So all the ceiling linings were fibrous plaster, all the cornice mouldings were fibrous plaster. So a lot of those uh, houses are coming into the, you know, it's sort of the general market now and people are extending or um, uh, renovating those, those projects. So a lot of those mouldings are still available. And if they're not available, you know, they can certainly be manufactured uh, from new. That's interesting. So if you've purchased a state house, you have or are very likely to have fibrous plaster product in there already. And if you want to keep or maintain the look or extend the property Absolutely. and keep and maintain, you can do that. It's all still available. Yeah. Or if it's not, it can be made for you. So it's, yeah. Do you do the installation as well or is that contracted out around New Zealand? So I run, a, I run an installation company and I have a team of guys that, um, you know, they're all fibrous plasterers and, uh, you know, that's, what, that's our primary focus is installing fibrous plaster products. So when it, when it travels outside of, outside of Auckland uh, and um, Plastercraft certainly does, you know, supply other centres throughout the country, um, they will have local contractors that will do the installation for them. Occasionally we do get asked to go, you know, elsewhere, um, but, you know, if there's somebody there that can do it locally, you know, then best to use them. What's the hard part with installation? Like what's the part that you know, when you when you look at it, you think, "Oh, I'm not sure if that's going to fit or stick or or look the right way." Like, what is the hard part when you're doing the installation? Maintaining the quality, probably. You know, over a long period of time, it's um, you know it's something that we're very passionate about. Um, but everything is done by hand. You know, so there's a direct reflection on how the guys are feeling, you know, and how they're you know how they are in themselves as to what work they you know, what work they deliver. 
So, um, yeah, that's our clients, you know, biggest focus and, um, and it has to be ours. Um, you know, you're working in a live environment with, with lots of different trades and, um, you know, you know, we're only as good as what we're working to. And if what we're working to is not up to, not up to standard, then, you know, it makes it that much harder for us to be able to deliver what we need to deliver. You know, at the end of the day, we're what you see, you know, so, um, yeah, it has to be right. For someone who may not have considered putting fibrous plaster into their home or into their commercial outfitting, um, what's the, the first part for them to start with to work with you in terms of getting it designed, for example? Um, so I guess it's understanding what you want, you know, as a, as a client, you know, what's your vision? Um, what would you like your property to be? And, uh, you know, then once you've got an idea of that, you know, you're welcome to give us a, you know, give us a call and, and, you know, we'll work through the finer points of that and then, you know, bring that together, uh, you know, to something that, you know, that you're going to be happy with. You know, at the end of the day, you're the one that has to live in the property. Um, so it has to be something that you enjoy. We can supply our experience, but yeah, it's, you know, it's what you want and what you desire is, is our primary focus. New Zealand-made Kiwi trademark is relied upon by over 1,500 New Zealand businesses to gain a market origin advantage in the markets they operate, both domestically and internationally. Check to see if the good, service or software that you make is eligible at buynz.org.nz. They run the mould on the bench, some of them. So if you want to actually retain your mould, you will actually pay a bit more because they have to do it in a different medium to um, make sure it's going to stick around for you to take away. And we've just had one of those where the customer wanted to retain the mould. So even though you might be paying for a mould because you want to recreate, reproduce, and you need to match up your corners, that doesn't mean that's it. You pay for that mould. You don't take it away $500. You take it away for more if you want, but you have to specify that. Uh -huh. That's interesting. So you're, there's a kind of a midpoint. If you, if you just want the, the end product, then Plastercraft can make it. But if you want the end product and you want the blueprints to make your own, then that's a different... And that, would that be something that residential that people would want, though? No. I mean, it's, 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 it's your homeowner that they are just wanting to reproduce a cornice or match up a cornice that they already have. And, you know, it's like a one-off that they're doing a renovation... Maybe years later, chances are they might be doing another reno where they might, because if they came back to us, we'd get them come back to us and say, oh, but you made that up for us you know, 10 years ago or something. But no, we don't have the mould, because you imagine how many we get if we had to hold every single mould. It's just, it's just not practical. So there's, as we're sitting here in manufacturing of Plastercraft in Auckland, there isn't a decade's worth of customer moulds around here. This is the workshop and this is where ingredients come in and the cornice products or the fire surrounds are completed and leave. Yeah, it is. 
doesn't eat, so... Yeah, and as I said, there, there we do have a lot of moulds. What's on our website, we do actually have others that we have retained. Um, so occasionally that people will, you know, they do they do crop up. So some, yes, have been retained, but like we said, we can't keep everything because we just don't have... We, as it is, we don't have the storage facilities. It's sort of like if you look around, it can get quite chocker. For a normal week here, Sandra, what would be, what is usually going on in here? It's super quiet now, you know, where it's after work hours. But like Monday to Friday, early starts, you know, what's happening in this workshop here? Um, what's happening, obviously they have a 7.30 start, the boys get into production. There's uh, five, five guys here that um, we've got one who, uh, well Warren, our factory manager, he obviously oversees everything, um, customers coming in and, and, and taking and, and actually fielding the calls of anything. So he's, he's like my main go-to man for making sure that that side's all, all running smoothly. Uh, we've got uh, another another guy, P. He is what we call our specials man. So anything that's special, that's not come out of a stock standard mould, he's the one down there creating um, and, you know, that particular running a mould on the bench because somebody hasn't got that bit of corner. So that's his that's his job. And then one other is making some corners, so he's on the corners. Somebody could be making pattern sheets. Um, that's another good thing. We've got a bungalow pattern sheets, which is which we get quite a few, you know, people doing renovations. That's a pattern sheet that can go in bungalows. Um, is that in the ceiling? Uh, yeah, in the ceiling. Sorry. And, and yeah. is that something that looks like it mimics the pressed tin look, or, or was it actually an original look with plaster? Actually, I believe one of them um, is, it's, it's a pattern called Muranese, and that was actually taken off a sheet of glass when it originated from, you will find that you'll be able to get glass that had that Muranese shape. So, I don't think, and the pressed tin has their own. Uh, we have actually got some other pattern sheets that are like off pressed tin. Mm. So that, yeah, and then I've got another guy who makes tiles. That's another suspended ceiling tiles um, for the commercial sector. That's your, um, that or panels we call them, sorry. So somebody, he, he makes panels and does the, you know, pattern sheet or anything like that. And then another one doing fire surrounds. Um, and then somebody could be another one helping out there, you know, doing making centres. So just the general making products. Another one can be packaging up, because as I said, we do send um, product around the country, so. What's involved in actually making it? Like, What's the, the raw ingredient that then ends up being the finished plastered uh, cornice or, or domes? Um, talk me through what that making process involves. All right, the actual making process, well, all it involves is plaster. Just your stock standard plaster. Some water and what we call um, fibreglass rovings, which get all chopped up. We get fibreglass and they call it a cheese or whatever. And um, 
Yes, so that gets chopped into it, all gets mixed. Well, actually, the plaster and water gets mixed up, and then the boys can slap that onto part, some of it onto like a cornice mould or a centres mould or whatever, and then they got a machine that puts the fibreglass rovings all on top and some more plaster. It'd be interesting if you came and saw them in action, and I know they, um, to, to actually watch them make a product, but yeah, so. And it's that, yeah. the fibreglass gives it the strength? Strength, yes. And that, is that done in a, does it have to be layered and then dry, and layered and dry, or is it all done at once, filled the It's entire? all done at once, how they make it, and then, then they just, quickly it sets for, they leave it in the mould for, I don't know, 15 minutes and then they can get it out and it's set, you know, like it's set but it's not dry. And then we have a dryer where it all goes into and we dry just once a week to we make sure we just fill the dryer up. So the dryer gets it to its finished, does it finally set it permanently and it can be shipped out to be installed? It can, yeah. It just needs that that dry. I mean, it can be air dried, but that takes that could take a few days. So, yeah. I mean, it can dry naturally, but it's definitely we've got a gas dryer that where all the product gets dried once a week. Now you know far more about plaster craft than than I certainly know my very short space of time um, speaking with you today. Uh, what got you into the, the plaster work to start with? How did you get into the business? I got into the business because I married into it. Um, I, um, originally, and the reason then, I suppose, because I was born into it, my parents owned a, uh, well, they still, well, which my brother now runs a uh, fibrous plastering company down in the Waikato, which um, is, has got a good reputation for them. And so, yes, and so through being involved with fibrous plaster around there, that is how I met my husband, who owned Plastercraft many, many, many years ago, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's how I got involved. And then, of course, through times about 20 years ago, um, when my kids were a little bit um, older, it's about time I came in and um, started working, doing the accounts and yeah, the bookwork, and so I became like the office administrator. And I've been doing that ever since. And just a little bit unfortunate, my husband passed away last year in July which um, his, he did have health issues and was was not, you know, he, he, or he had health issues which, um, yeah, it prevented him from coming back up to, because we live in Hamilton, coming up to Auckland since the lockdown back in March. And, um, and then over that time, yeah, he died in July. And so I took over full running side of Plastercraft coming this. And I've said, I mean, I'm very passionate about Plastercraft and what we're doing, so. That's a, um, 
when you're in it as a as a partnership, mm. it's you both complement each other, and yeah. uh, even though you've been in the business for so long, there's a there's a gap because you know that your husband yeah. was so good at, at certain areas. Yeah. Um, but you know, my hat off to you for taking over the whole mantle of the business yeah. and having it all on your shoulders. Right. Um, I'm sure the the team is really proud that you have taken over and continued to run the organisation. I think I think so too. If I can actually plug my own hat only and you know you've heard that you've heard that say behind every good man. It's true. You can cut that minute. <laughs> <laughs> in in many uh, family businesses in New Zealand, and there are you know, nearly well, there are over half a million businesses. Mm. Most of them are family businesses, yeah. and the family consists of husband wife. Yeah. And once it's husband wife, it's there's usually kids involved because the business is a big part of you know your family life. I know growing up. Mm. That's what it was like for me. I grew into business yes. through osmosis of learning about my dad's business, counting inventory, or my mum's business as a as a florist. And you learn from yes. what gets made and what gets sold and what they're excited about. Yes, exactly. So for 2021, New Year, what are you excited about for this year for Plastcraft? I'm excited to, you know, just the simple stuff like still continue being in business, you know, that is to achieve and, and be that way with the, you know, by joining NZ Made and getting and the, the, knowing and putting out there that our products are made in New Zealand, you know, that's exciting for me. I've been meaning to do that, you know, get it across that we are actually made in New Zealand, mainly because we will get people in here from time to time and going, oh, so you make it all in here. And it's like, once again, what's that blase thing when you've been around it? You just think everybody knows. But that's not, that's not, the, um, that's not the case at all. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it's, you know, it's like, it's, watch the space, see, you know, I just hope that things just keep going and just, you know, what, what, what ha what's happening with COVID and stuff like that is, you know, am I preempting? you know, because people can't go overseas that they may be concentrating more on renovating and, you know, maybe doing stuff like that. And, you know, possibility, you know, seeing more people maybe walk through our doors and who knows. Um, thank you so much for sharing the Plastercraft story with Buy New Zealand Made today. And look, I wish you all the luck in 2021 with business. You're obviously looking after a fantastic team that are committed to manufacturing here in New Zealand and all Kiwis can be thankful for the contribution you're making. Thank you very much. Welcome. That's it for another episode of A Kiwi Original. Remember to subscribe on the podcast or on YouTube 
to receive the next episode. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you think could benefit. See you next time. One of the big things we had right from the start was we're going to push that it's New Zealand made. New Zealand made carries a lot of weight outside New Zealand. People don't realize that. Well, you're by New Zealand and uh, we were really motivated by your professionalism at the outset when we first contacted you and that gave us the confidence to reach out to the rest of the New Zealand community to support this. We'll get two, three, four, five inquiries every day from people and their only question is, are your products made in New Zealand? They don't want to know anything else. We knew there was demand in the market for a New Zealand-made product, firstly, a natural New Zealand-made product. We have got New Zealand-made. That was the first thing I signed up to. I was really proud of that. And um, you were very welcoming, so thank you, Ron. I think it's very, very important to sell in New Zealand as a New Zealand-made product. Originally, we were having to import components from overseas. It wasn't until we shifted to our carbon fiber model that we were able to say that the product was made in New Zealand. And that was a huge, it was sort of a big goal for me. I wanted to have complete control over the manufacturing of it. Definitely it's something that we've been belonged to right from the beginning. And it just put trust, especially New Zealanders, into our product. We've noticed recently People have become so much more discerning about, they will upfront and say to you, is it really made here? And not have to rely on other countries and important components, especially in times like these, I'd, I'd be, I'd have no stock. Being able to front up to that and show your logo and say, well, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand that you have to have a license to show that logo. We have also New Zealand made on some of the other brands selling over overseas. And it's something that people are looking for. The little triangle has been a part of our brand for a long time. Is that a, an investment or is it a cost? You know, can, we, can we spend it given what's going on? I uh, know it's actually good value for us. You know, we, we are a Kiwi company, we are proud of Kiwis. It instantly had a, a fruitful conversation without any dancing around or holding back or everything came out and that was that was part of the how, why it was so invaluable and so the best way to do that is to, to join the buying and making fan right so i as you will see on any of my social media stuff like me i put the buy new zealand made logo i'm classed on everything i can pass it on but just being able to prove to people that it is new zealand made and that we've got a story that's great you know pretty proud to be able to do that